Bye-bye. So this is uh, Faith Over Breakfast with Eric from Village and Andy from Mission in Tucson, Arizona, in the Village Studio. And we just talked about missionaries and white privilege and white savior complex complex. and we got off on what did we get off on Uh, reparations yeah but we went another direction anyway how 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 christianity is behind every single good movement ever in in all life entirety yeah you want to hear eric and andy have a have a (laughs) uh, disagreement and 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 i hey it could be way worse i and i don't think i love talking to you man yeah so even though i here's what i I poke the bear do want to say is that the views heard on this podcast do not represent the village and at some level don't fully even represent us and oh it's a it's a working out and so you're hearing us think out loud so if you say eric thinks this and because i heard it on the podcast that is not true it would be we're in process we're in process and some of it yes i do believe and some of it i'm just trying to hear myself talk out loud and be pushed back and figure Andy. and figure it out, and, and same same goes yeah. for me. Yep. So, so thanks for tuning in to uh, to you know any any of this, and we hope that it spurs on conversation for you. Feel free to email us faithoverbreakfast at gmail Talk to us on on Facebook or Instagram, where we're super active, as in not, uh, but we'll answer you because we do get those notifications. Yes. And uh, uh, Andy feel free loves to answering you. Do I? Yeah, I try. He tries hard. I do. T- I mean, yeah, yeah why not? Great. Eric, good morning. Good morning. It's a, it's a happy it. Tuesday. We've had all kinds of uh, technical difficulties in the new village studio. So Andy's computer is now here and it's effectively. That's a good computer. It, it does what it needs to do. It does what it needs to do. Things get done. And uh, thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. I appreciate it. That's yeah. that's one nice thing about being here is, uh, well, I have a coffee maker in the other studio too, but you have to like actually put grounds in it. And right. You've got the uh, cheater Keurig. I have there, the cheater Keurig. Which in this moment is perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. So I have coffee. We're both here. Um, you know, it's always nice to have a nice conversation after being razzled by tef- technical difficulties. Yes. Technical dif- difficulties. Technical difficulties. <laughs> So, uh, but hey, here we are. So, um, so I think we're we're gonna do like a triple episode, actually. A triple. I, we were just we're doing saying double. It's grown part by one. one and part two, and then we have an episode that didn't go oh. up. So it'll we're gonna be releasing different episodes a little closer together. You're gonna think we're recording them close, but we're not. Right. Yeah, but, you should just release that other episode like today. Yeah, awesome. if you if I your released, technical difficulties, I released stop. the gun one uh, yesterday. Okay, and th- I thought you know when we did it, I thought, wow, this is not a great episode. But then I listened to it, and I was like, wow, that was really good. So people, you should go back go listen and to the listen gun to the episode. gun episode. I think it's it's really thought provoking. It made me think, and I was like, huh? Okay, wow, we talked about that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it interesting that I I forget. I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> so it's a good thing we have, even if uh, we're the only ones that listen to this podcast, at least we can remember what we were thinking two weeks ago. Yeah, it's almost like a, just a weekly journal between it's you a and journal. I. You kind of get to look into our journal if you oh, really care. Thanks for reading our journal. Yeah. But stay out of my other journal. Yeah. You said something to the, you know, like that the other day. Nobody gets to read your personal journal. Nobody gets to read my personal journal. Whew. Man, I don't really have a journal anymore. That'd be a cool thing to have. Anyway, well, you started a blog. 
Yeah. What's the blog address? www. Uh, it's awesome just, Andy? it's medium.com and you look up my name, Andy Littleton. Medium? Medium. Like a medium person or medium? No, we're not a spiritual medium, Eric. <laughs> no, like you're medium sized. Medium sized. <laughs> Only medium sized people are allowed on there. Sorry, Rod. It's just, just us medium sized people. <laughs> a blog for medium. Rod's our friend, Eric's co-pastor for those who don't know, and he is not medium. Rod's a, Rod's a big man. He used He's to dunk the basketball he used to behind dunk his head. Behind his head. So, um, yeah, medium.com, look at my name. But w- what I'm doing with this is I'm, I'm simply trying to exercise the writing muscle. Like I did this book, and I think I learned a lot about the writing process. The, the new uh, manuscript, of the, the fixed manuscript is now up. So if you want one that doesn't you know, annoy you when you read it, um, it's now it's awesome. much better. So now I can buy my copy. Now you can buy your copy. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Looking forward to that. And the little detail the on the spine is fixed. Oh, audio. the audio. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to read the audio version. I'll, I'll do that. I'll yeah. make an audio version for you. That'd be actually pretty cool. Maybe Rod would do it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be really cool. Yeah, just kick me out of the job. I volunteer for it. Oh, sure. And then you just have Rod do it. Okay, well, he's that's got how the this voice. Works. He's got the voice. Yeah, that's what everybody says. But, um, I like my voice. But I'm so it doesn't. Uh, if there's any theme around it, it's probably going to be more stories about people. Okay. Um, and so the first, the first one that I, it was just a little thing I doodled that I, I just wanted to see if I could figure out how to work the blog. Honestly, so it, it was. I thought this is okay. Like, and if it's the first one, and not very many people see it, but it was just about how my uh, chiropractor closed and what I'm going to miss about his office. So if you're just if you're thinking, wow, I was wondering. What about Andy? Abby's back and his chiropractor, <laughs> then uh, that blog is there for you. And then uh, uh, the second one that I put out now that I've kind of figured it out was about my night in a music video. Oh, yeah. That, that would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I have time, I'll put some links to that. Is that up yet? The, yeah, the actual and, video? Uh, no, not the music. The music video is not out yet, uh, okay. but my little blog about it. Yes. We is, we'll put a link to your blog on this, this show notes for this week. Great. Do it. All yeah. Right. And it's, uh, and you can follow the blog. It's linked to Goodreads. Goodreads. And I stick them on Facebook too. So there you go. Oh, oh you're so, so hip to the, the groove. All right. Well, Am I? That let's, didn't, let's do this simple. because we were started late and, uh, yeah, we got things to do. We got things to do. So, so. Yeah, so in the in the news, NPR and then probably everywhere else, um, you know, was this uh, this lady who was doing missions work in Uganda, and I I or I texted you about this. So I I want to do um, I want to do another part on this because we've got an interesting we've got a friend at mission who. Uh, did missions work in Africa, has done short-term, lived there for a part of his life, and then came back to the States and became an MD. And he's now the sports medicine, uh, in one of the MDs in sports medicine at the U of A. So I'm really interested. I think he's willing to record some thoughts on this tomorrow. Um, and so so look out for like a part two, maybe more of the medical, ethical, missions perspective on that. Right. But, um, but you brought up to me... Um, white privilege, and I thought, well, that's interesting because the the idea of a white savior complex was brought up by at least the NPR folks in reference uh, to this lady, and I thought, why don't we, you know, here we are, two white men, and I'm sure we're going to do this imperfectly, 
and we should state the premise of this show. No, we haven't planned this. This is you're joining us for breakfast. We're tra- we're trying to talk this through. Yeah. Um, but so let's talk about white savior complex and and the white privilege that I think leads to things like that and other things um, that we see and experience. And uh, yeah, unpack that part, and then we'll we'll jump in with a with a follow up episode on more of the missions ethical medical piece to that our reflections on that story so but what was on your mind now you didn't read you heard about this you did hear about this yeah i did in fact how did you hear about it i may have you know i think npr not actually ooh i did what i'm not supposed to do my phone was on the not on the carpet um i think the BBC might have done something on this. I believe it. And, I, I, I think I most think of I, the major Sue news. Sue and outlets. I rarely watch the news, but we actually caught this particular story. Um, so that's how I heard about this story. But the the whole white privilege thing is just something I've been thinking about, and I always think about really because I, I think as a white male who's pretty big, mm. like I get, I, I have a little bit of privilege just in that. I have a lot of privilege in that. When I walk into a room, what I want, you know, I'm articulate enough and big right. enough to get what I want and have people react to me in mm. a different way. And so just and you that, And you're aware of that. And I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as a pastor who stands in front of people, like that gives me a, an element of power in people's lives. So I'm, I'm white. I have a position of power. I get to be microphoned mm-hmm. to tell people what I think about scripture, expect them to listen to me. So these, these... You and I have discussed this element of it yes. in the past. And, yeah. and I, and I um, one of my questions, I'll just put it out there so we maybe we don't forget is, do you recognize that and then not try your best to not use it? Or do you recognize that and then decide how what to do with sure. w- what you have. Well, and here's the thing I wrestle with is I think humility in, is actually having power and not using it. Yeah. So now, um, w- what about using it for those who need it? Yeah, and there, that's that's a that's a good who good, don't have it, like using it on someone's behalf. Right, and I think I think there's like a more uh, a micro and a macro yeah. kind of yeah for sure conversation about it. and, a and then who decides sense. when you use it? Do you get to decide you with the power get to use it when yeah. you use it? Or but then again, when somebody is powerless and doesn't realize they could ask you to speak for them, is there a time when you should, even though nobody's asked? Right, it's like it's a, that's that's where it gets yeah it does sticky to me. I, I think I don't know. probably not um, realizing the everyday struggle of somebody who's not white and who's not yeah a male. So um, so yeah yeah yeah. So there's now in this mission story we've got a white female sure, and then we our experience is living as white men yes. And it, in a way, like a a better way to do this would be probably to have somebody with a very different experience in this room talking. That would be if we had a show where if we, we had, had a show and we were an interview show. And so I just want to like I want to put that on the table and recognize that. Yeah, we're, and we're say, not like, an interview show. It's, it's what you and I would be talking about this over is, coffee. Yes. And so just, I just as friends. Yeah, I want to just make sure everybody gets yeah. that. And and I suspect both in this podcast channel and others that we do in the future we'll have those yeah. spaces that we can we can right. do that. But I think 
some of it is I just first don't think about it. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing. The fact that you don't have to think about it. Yes, that's number one. And number two, I think I'm not in the habit of listening to and validating other people's experience of society. Yeah. Um, And I think those are two practices that are difficult, time-consuming, and frustrating. Yeah. Um, But I think as – for me personally, in college, I you know – for a while, I was a, a woman in third world countries. Uh, that was my major or kind of my focus. Yeah. And in cross-cultural social psychology. So I talked a lot about this. I learned a lot about it. I read a lot. Then left college. And I feel like in the last few years, I've returned to that as, and I, I mean, just as Trump has become president. And I don't even, I'm not even attributing any of the tension to him, though I think he's part of it all. He's whatever that means, he's yeah. a factor in it. Race has become more and more conversation mm-hmm. from from the shootings that we experience to just the injustice that's begun to mm-hmm. be talked about in a more more often. Yeah, um, and 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 just the statistics are becoming more and more overwhelming right. as to how the system treats us based on our race and, yep. and our income and our education. Yeah, I think the the helpful things for me to hear. Um, and I, I saw some. So I had a. I mean, this was a little bit fortunate when I lived. Um, when I lived in South Chicago, um, I lived in that in the neighborhood of not just the. And there's a neighborhood called South Chicago, and then I worked in a neighborhood called Roseland. So, I, um, I, I wasn't there long. I mean, I was there half a year, maybe a little over half a year. Um, but I was nervous when I moved there about. The, I mean, because we would hear gunshots all the time, and there were guys selling drugs on the corner and stuff like that. And I lived with a with an interracial couple um, who were the, they were actually the first uh, interracial couple at Moody Bible College. They broke the rules um, to be a couple, and then the husband became the first black professor at Moody. So a pretty unique experience. And I didn't know that's who I was moving in with. Um, my school just gave me somebody to call uh, who might have a room, and I got to live with them. But they, I, w- I would kind of share, I'd say, hey, uh, wh- what should I do, like, out on the street? How should I, you know, how should I behave? And the lady who was the white lady, she said, well, you're not going to have a problem. Here's why. Everybody's going to assume you're a cop. You're white. There's no other reason for you to be walking around here. Even with your little backpack on, you're, you're up to something. There's some other reason you're here. Nobody's going to want to deal with that. So they're not going to bother you. And she said, and second, uh, the police who are walking around, they're not worried about you because you're white. And so you're going to be just fine. You're not going to have any issues unless it's a stray bullet. And then guess what? There's nothing we could do. I said, oh, (laughs) okay. So I, you know, my first couple weeks and I got to where by, you know, the end of the time I, I knew the lay of the land and I was very comfortable walking around and waving at neighbors and it was great. But at first, I was very nervous, and I remember, um, I remember pretty vividly. One day, I was walking down the street. Back then, I used to wear baggy jeans. I had a backpack on, I uh, had a ball cap on, and I had a big Mark Echo, which is kind of a you know typically more of a, a streetwear brand of, of the day. This Mark Echo coat, big baggy you know jeans, Mark Echo backpack, ball cap, and. Uh, this dude's crossing the street who's in a coat because it's Chicago and 
some kind of baggy jeans and a backpack, no ball cap. Cops come around the corner, get out of the car, yelling at him, pin him down to the ground, strip off his coat, search him, find nothing, and they just drive off. And he just has to dust off all his stuff, put all his clothes back on, put his back, you know, his, his coat back on, put his backpack on, and keep going to the bus. And it dawned on me right in that moment, there is one difference between the way that dude and I look. Right. It's your skin color. It's our skin color. Yeah. That's all. And uh, those experiences helped me a little bit with the understanding that, you know, there is a... The way, yeah, just simple. Like the way that I am perceived and treated because of my skin color has changed my entire experience of life. What if I had grown up here with this skin color, which I, you know, I didn't have a choice in this. What if I had, and I'd had all these experiences, would I view the world and things and politics and cops and hope and everything differently? Yeah. I think I would. I know I would. Well, I think in in the process, I've been asking myself two questions in this uh-huh. as a pastor, and I'm I'm wrestling with I don't I don't even know. N- number number one is what the heck does reconciliation look like oh, yeah. within the context of the church? Because I yeah. I know there there are lots of views on what reconciliation looks like, and number two. The church seems to be modeling exactly what's going on in society, and that you know, and people of color, and that'd be all of us, I guess. But African American community and the Hispanic community, um, they segregate just like the white community. Sure, does. sure. Um, and so, which is because you understand each because other. you understand each other. It's it's and like it's, it's there's you know segregation. There's layers to it. Oh, I understand. Yeah, but what we have now is. You know, like so in my church, which is a church of about a hundred adults, yep. um, it is probably eighty percent white. Yep. Right. I think we're in that range. And yep. and so if you're African American, which is about three people, yeah, you obviously feel like you stick out. Yeah. If you're Hispanic, which is like three or four people, you feel like you stick out. Um, and because. Well, you know, now it's a little bit more different at the village in that the the white people in our community come from different countries, so there's a little less, yeah. there's a little bit more ethnic dis- diversity, but it's still it's still very white. Yeah, and then and then it's not just white looking; it's white feeling. And yes. so both of our churches, I know, um, don't just it's not just you walk in and and look around and go, oh, are there people of my skin color? But is my is the way that I express myself going to be, um, will anyone here be expressing themselves that way? Can I express myself right. that way and be comfortable? Um, you know, am I going to have to, to take on a whole another like cultural identity? So, you know, the village, like beautiful, you guys, I love your church and I think you, you're needed here. But if I'm coming from the black church and I walk into the village, like, Different. Well, so Super here, different. Here's, so here's yeah. the other problem I, uh, it, that's happening is that if you're younger, you you are starting to merge your 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 cultural identity. Sure. So, for instance, one of the guys who's African American guy in our community, like what he said when he came to our church is, "I'm finally home." Yeah. He's grown up in 
in, yeah. in that context. And I'm not saying that context well, has this, fit all. No, yeah. I'm not. But what happens yeah. is even when we as as white people begin to discuss this, yep. we begin to say, well, there are these people and this is yep. how they interact. And it's their cultural thing. And, we, and all of a sudden we're, we're constantly in trouble. <laughs> we're, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. Like that's that's a thing because, well, A, we're assuming upon all sorts of – interestingly, like, the dude who came up in my in my blog and uh, and – he was mentioned in my sermon, who I met recently, was also from South Chicago. But one thing I learned about him was he's a guy from South Chicago that didn't fit like the paradigm there. And so right. he wasn't, he, he was a very creative, musical, you know, like, and not like, not like church choir musical necessarily. Like he had his own style and way of thinking. And so he probably, I mean, I think there's a reason he, he hasn't like clicked and locked into that community. So, so we can't just cause somebody has this color of skin, obviously it's silly to then layer upon them a, a whole bunch of assumptions. Right. Yeah. So, so here's what I was curious about in this conversation was, I think God's called me in my place to be as, as one to listen as well as I can yeah. to actually seek out people's stories, which I have done and I'm trying to do. And two, to try as hard as I can when I walk into a meeting or into a room that's diverse to actually step back, not use what I have mm-hmm. to allow other voices yeah. to be first. That doesn't mean my voice can't be spoken, but my voice needs to be third, fourth, fifth, not first. Mm. And I think that's been a real hard thing at times and also just not – because I want to speak, but trying to figure out what that means. Yeah. Because, you know, you're having to try to facilitate that by stepping back and being silent and encouraging other people to speak and to lead and to have voice in shaping things, no matter where you go. Now, what if, though, because in the village, from everything I can gather, it is very shaped by you. Even in you deciding to step back, I mean, you decide to step back. Sure. And and like in like the that the the feeling the like this is you have been called by God, I would say, to plant this church. Sure. And to set the tone and to show what it's so when you step back and say, Hey, I want other people to lead, interestingly, you are leading it. Oh, of course. Right. But I'm creating a I mean, I'm I, I'm trying to create with whatever power I do have a place that is uh, that gives people voice and dignity, yeah. and and changes the culture to the point where they'll get enough of the courage and the the sense of belonging to take over, to move out on their own, to come up with creative ideas that aren't linked to me or to to the elders or to you know. So so I'm gonna. Real quick, I want to try to pull in this missionary lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, because well, it's good because we have part twos in this missionary lady. Yeah, and but I, I I'm wondering about something here. So she, um, went to Uganda to. I mean, when you think about Jesus and the call to wash people's feet and stuff like that, you know, she's she's going to serve malnutrition, you know, malnourished kids. Yes. Now she blogs about it and obviously like got raised support and all the things that 
you know, I guess to to do that, she probably had to do, but it also put her as kind of a face to yes. the whole thing. But I'll bet you if you really drilled down a few years back before all this blew up, um, she would have said, I'm here to just take a servant role to help the health and well-being of folks so that they can raise up and lead their community and have health and, and have a voice and X, Y, and Z. Yes. Um, but she decided how she would serve them. Right. Um, and I actually, I have a, I don't know her, obviously, none of us who are talking about her really know the, the motives. Some people do, but most of us don't know the motives behind her masquerading as a, as having more medical experience than she did. Um, but I would assume she thought, I just got to get this done. And she felt this calling from God, but it seems like she was like, I'm serving and helping save people's lives. And now um, an attorney in Uganda is saying on behalf of some families, the way you decided to save our lives, we do not, we didn't want, we wanted you to do it right. You know, not the way that you did. And the, 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 what people are saying is this white savior complex of like, they need me. I'll come in there and I'll elevate them and I will be the one that helps them reach their potential and have their voice or do their thing. Yeah. And people are saying that shouldn't be. Now, I'm not sure how to feel about that. I think you're – am I off the mic? Well, I'm, it's not you're off the mic, but your, your peas are hitting the oh, top okay. of the I'm, – I'm peeing on the top of you the are. mic. So I uh, – Sorry, I didn't bad make a good joke. Job. Bad joke. Yeah, but I I don't know how to like. I see times when I'm like, so so for, with you, I'm saying, I think God did call you to plant this church. Sure. And so, what if somebody came along and went, I don't I don't think Eric, you know, handing me control. He's doing it his way. He's giving me a voice in the thing he made, and that's not good. And I, I would kind of push back on that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, it's it is I think wrong to go in and assume something upon people and to be disingenuous, like potentially she was. And I, I guess I'm just where does the whiteness factor in to that in your mind? The well, fact that she was white and that you are white and well, that I, think, I am white. I think the white part of it is that she got to do a lot of things that she shouldn't have been allowed to do because she was white. Yeah. Um, and she was, th- from what I can see here, she's mentally ill, but people overlook that. I mean, she was taking, trying to take patients from a very legitimate hospital into her own. Like she was recruiting them out of. The way I read it in the NPR article was that patients were still malnourished. And her, her stated mission was to come alongside the medical facilities in Uganda by adding nutritional help, but then she began to do right. more than that. Yeah. Right. So something was going on with her that didn't – there wasn't a lot of oversight, it didn't seem. Yeah, I don't know if I'd chalk that up to mentally ill because, like, I mean, think about it. If you or I had been sent out at a young age and we, we went on a short-term mission trip and we got excited and we went and we got caught up in all this and – yeah, but this seems like in her story there's an element of narcissism to her. But I there's I'm just saying there's probably an element of narcissism in a lot of people of, of all colors. But but my what I'm saying is I could see 
anybody like given that kind of money and leeway and leading this organization like getting off the rails sure you, i guess i don't know i i don't think so no i mean i guess i could see i could have seen the temptation for a lot of people i know to get in there and think that they're helping and maybe do some things that an expert should i mean there are things that christians do well, this is why I'm involved at, or connected at some level in some way to two different denominations, and this is yeah. why I like denominations at some level, I, because there's oversight. I agree with you on People this. People yeah. going, hey, this isn't right. You can't be doing this. This is not what we're doing. I, I think that's a layer of this for but sure. But this is very yeah. much American. Like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to make this happen. And I will do this. It's so freedom. Say, it's religious freedom. Right. When, when Unrestrained, I say mentally yeah. ill, I'm not saying diagnosis. Like she's narcissistic. I read some of yeah. the stuff. I remember watching the show. I, I think there's an element of her thinking she can save people. Maybe it's partly out of her culture. But there, did you think you could save people when you started the village? Though somehow healing the city one city at uh, one, one person one at, city a time. at a time. We've, we've <laughs> healing the, up. healing the city one city at a time. I didn't want to be a pastor. I, I did not I want didn't, to plant a church. I was told that uh-huh. I was and I had to. So, no, I didn't think I could. Once I started the mission, I my pitch was, yes, things are yeah. falling apart and we need to do something about it. But, yeah, of course, it, and especially when you're different, there's a level of arrogance that you can build, which sure. comes with anything, right? But, yeah, okay, so if she's successful – but I don't know. There's, I mean, there are well, 106 she, people responsible for – she may be responsible for – 105. Their, their, 105, okay. So there were – but you Probably know, 106. The, we just don't know about that one. Uh, yeah. One of the arguments, of course, is, yeah, but there were way more than that that came through, and these people would have died anyway. And I don't buy – I'm not saying that justifies this at all. No, I'm not saying you that. You just like both sides of the story. I do. Always present. I do. <laughs> um, but but – um, but I mean, that's one thing that that people. Are, she goes into a place where a lot of people are dying, and some of them still die, and that's to be expected. And I, I don't think that makes masquerading as an MD okay. No, I um, see, and there or doing. She, I don't know that she masqueraded as an MD. She did what an MD should do, and didn't disclose that to her supporters, right? F, and, and such. So there's a lot and of deception going on here. So the capacity to right. be that deceptive and keep those deceptions going, right? For whatever, your ego, for the fact that you think you're doing something good, has a level of narcissism, which I would say has a level of some mental illness. I mean, don't you think like the lion's share of leaders, and I'm not just talking about Christianity now, but people who start things and entrepreneurs and people that go do the impossible, that like this level of narcissism is just present and almost like, like they can't go and do these things without it. And some of them we praise and go, wow, look, they invented the light bulb and they did X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and then others, when they mess up, we go, oh, look, they, they're narcissistic. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, sure, there's there's a lot. I mean, every, yes. But, I mean, but, but I mean, is that, I don't think that like. Compulsive liars. I don't think that's the whiteness part of masquerade. it. Masquerade. Oh, of course. But no, but it comes with power. You tend the to, more power you have, the so further what, you can go with your narcissism. And we can't avoid it. Sure, okay. whiteness is power. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, I, I, since I agree since, with that. Since uh, you know the Renaissance, since uh, you know, since really Martin Luther and the Reformation, um, there there has been white has been power. Like 
white fights the big wars, white takes the slaves, white I mean, white right. controls the narrative. Was there a time in history when that wasn't the case? Yes. Yeah. When but but uh So it's because I mean, we weren't traveling all over the place. So yeah. so then those kinds of dominant things happened within smaller cultural sects. Right. right. So the Zulus were taking slaves all the time and right. they were the ones giving slaves to to the to the uh, white and so, you know, and, plantation to the Dutch and, and to the Spanish and you know, and so power can come through. It can come through whiteness, absolutely. It could probably come through technology, sure, force. It's just that we have to deal with what five hundred years. But here we are, and it's it. and whiteness is a like a driving factor. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you're. I mean, I don't. And I so the thing that I don't like about this whole article about this woman is it's just tip, it went from a Christian perspective. It's just typical. We do not usually post, you know, all the horrible things the Buddhist leader does. No. All the horrible right. thing. It, part of it is there are millions and millions of great stories of what followers of Jesus yeah. are doing in this world. And we're holding back the tide of evil in so many ways. And you look at every good movement yeah. and you will find Christians at the base of it. Catholic, Episcopal, non-denominational people who follow Jesus, who love now, I, Jesus. I could hear somebody arguing with that and going, "Every good movement, Eric." But, but I, I'll, I would, I would push. I, I, I'll go toe to toe with you. Give me a good movement that had nothing to do with Jesus, and and I will. Well, it'll be. It'll depend on your definition of good. I'm just saying, like there are movements that have been successful that some people would say are good that weren't didn't have a Christian behind them. Um. That that would be my pushback, but I also agree with you that the um, so Bob, my buddy, who I've said needs to come sure. on this podcast, he responded to me about one of our other you know podcast or oh, the Josh Harris yeah. um, stuff, and except he except that we haven't posted Josh Harris yet. Maybe he and I talked about it yeah, outside it of that or something, but he was um. He was saying, oh, no, he saw that Josh Harris had left yeah. Christianity, and he contacted me. And and I was kind of responding back to him, and I said, why is it? And I said, I'm the same way. When a Christian leader falls, it's so interesting. Like, you know, my buddy Bob is interested. I'm interested. We're talking about it on here. What? Right. And then the the thousands of them that don't, don't get any space. And why aren't we going after every yeah, like you said, Buddhist and Hindu and secularist who fails and falls. What what is it about the failure of Christians that's interesting culturally to everybody and especially to us Christians? Why you know, why do we love it? Why are we so interested in it? Well, because Christians keep telling everybody what to do. <laughs> Sure. Right. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of it. We're like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do it. Here's the way you should do it. Here's the formula. And so Here's then, this. when we aren't, but then when we're not that way, they're like, ooh, what's going on there? But but doesn't I mean, aren't there other groups of people telling people what to do? And yeah, but everybody knows at this point in time in history, all movements, everything that we think is right. comes from Christianity some way. So if Christians fall, then or Christians do something stupid, or you someone leaves the faith. It's it's part of the fabric of society, maybe changing. Wait, all movements come from Christianity? Oh yeah, all, I, I would say everything that we think and believe and are arguing for right now come. I could see, I could see an argument for that. <clears throat> I could see an argument against that too. I don't know. I'm just well, like, give me an argument. I'm struggling well, with let's that a little do it, bit. Do it. Give me an argument. I don't know if there is an argument against it. Okay, that's that's actually intellectually. Um, 
worth listening to. <laughs> so okay. They're usually so there's there's so you would say there's no. I mean, I'm trying to like let's like let, I'm trying to think of some movement. Women's rights. Okay. The understanding of rights. I that one I'm from, gonna I'm comes, gonna agree with you on. That comes one. from Christianity. Let's talk about pro life. That that comes from Christianity. Well, yeah, sure. Let's talk about the government that we have. Comes from theism and Christianity. What, what I mean, so but you, I mean, it's the all movement statement. Like, there's no movement. The way America, like a way society, European and uh, American society operates, it operates out of the Reformation. You're only talking about white people. What about movements that come from uh, Africa and South America and Asia? Well, are I, any of those coming from Buddhism? Are any of those coming from anything else? Right, but I'm talking – okay, when you say all movements, I'm talking about in the context of where this person is arguing. Why are we so interested in Christianity and why are we so interested in um, – Okay. Well, all movements sounds like all movements And I would say from South, South Africa and – or from Africa and from Well, South the Europeans America, went in and and, yes, uh, and right now Christianity is I get exploding. It. Right. And so eventually, the movements of goodness will be coming out of there too, and are already. So, but I'm just trying to say that, like, the yeah. way we understand who we are and what's wrong with things comes from Christian faith. There's no, there's just no way around that. So, um, so what do we do with the dark side of it, though? It's really dark. So, where does that come from? Like. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, "Hey, look, people! All movements come from Christian faith," but then no Christian principles anyway. or Christian principles, and then some people are saying, "Well, it's really screwed up." Yeah, it's really the screwed movements. Up. Yeah, because so, people are screwed up. Yeah. So how? So where's the explanation? Since it's all coming from the Christian faith, then why in the world would I be interested in the Christian faith when it, all these movements coming from it are screwed up? Oh well, here's the thing: all the good movements are okay. The things that you value deeply come from from principles from Christianity. The very fact that you're asking that question is right. something that comes from Christianity. Like what I'm trying to say is you can't escape it. Every question you ask, every, you know, pushback you push is something from the principles that were developed in you from long ago and are still even in this culture being pushed into you. Human rights. I want to kill. Yeah, but that's not a good movement. We don't have where where is that movement? I, I mean, People are doing it, but, but, it's, I mean, the, but it's not an embrace. The things we believe movement. about society, how we understand ourselves as people. I mean, okay, fine. Throw out the movements, just all of life, the way we operate, the way we think about things, the way we think about order and, and well, safety. And, and, and of, co- like, of course, I mean, we, you and I are coming from a place of believing that this, like, that God is the creator behind things. And so good movements would all be traceable back to his good and perfect law and character. And so then it would be, and we believe that Christianity is, you know, has amazing continuity with that while bringing in the concepts of grace and mercy in Christ, like, and deepening those. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we would see that. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if you... If you saw everything from a different angle, that'd be a very hard pill to swallow. If you saw everything as a result of random chance, that'd be a hard pill to swallow. And it, and I'm not, and it should be a hard pill to swallow. I get, I mean, I'm just saying it is. But it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But I, I mean, 
if you know anything about history, you know that the brutality of life begins to change in 30 years. Oh, no, I, I know. I'm not, I don't <laughs> totally disagree. You're, I'm, I'm pushing back for the sake of, sure, like the but fact that you and I, I don't, I don't care if God is, is, I don't care if somebody doesn't believe God is real. Yeah. So what? What I, you can't argue with history. You just can't. Yeah. You can say, oh, yeah, well, the Christians did this and Christians did that. that. That's fine. The only way we understand human, like, dignity comes from Jesus. It, it's primarily from Jesus. Human dignity, the image-bearing kind of thing was only a Jewish idea prior to that. Hmm. It's, you can't find it in other cultures, not to the extent of... Well, Judaism. and you could still make the argument with those ancient cultures that even though, um, even if you did find it in them, that they still like were impacted by the original, sure. by the creation narrative and whatever like pieces of dignity had been passed down from that. And you could make that right that argument that I would I would assume that in every culture there was deep brokenness and then there were some good things, um, but. I would say that those good things, in the words of like James K. A. Smith, would be borrowed capital yeah. from from like the God who spoke at creation, and later on from the the law of God, and then later on sure. from the revelation of Christ. Yes, yeah. I agree. I just think none of them were powerful enough to make a movement Agreed. to change a way people think. Right. Sure. Did did people do crazy things like try to force those things on people? Yes. Has it been messy over the last 500 years? Yes. And but before, I'd much rather yeah. live now. I just punched the microphone. You just punched I'm so it. mad at you, Eric. Than 2,000 years ago for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. And but that's one, the value of human life was nothing. Speaking of our old uh, Jordan Peterson podcast, which somebody just told me they listened to our podcast for the first time, scrolled down to Jordan Peterson and tried it first. Interesting how that works. <laughs> But um, but one of the not one of our better podcasts, I didn't think. But, probably not. But it's listened to a lot. It is, which you know the whole clickbait thing. But one of the, one of his you know things is like, look, you can complain a lot about our modern society, but it is like what we've got going on here. Despite all the brokenness, is still leaps and bounds, you know, better. Like, you know, do you want to go? Do you want to go live somewhere else? Like, you know, it's and some people would say yes and and I'm I get that. But he his point was like there have been a lot of good benefits despite the inherent flaws. There have been a lot of good benefits that we very easily uh take for granted. Yes. Yeah. Like the fact that we all have a voice to chip in and disagree and protest and we aren't getting shot down in the streets very much. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't. I'm not saying you have to convert to the faith because, oh wow, you just you need to acknowledge that the understanding of who people are and the dignity of life, however you understand it, comes from a Judeo-Christian ethic that okay. was developed two thousand years ago. So now to like bring this back to the whiteness thing, sure, someone could say, sorry about that tyrant. I'll a just lot. Cut all that. No, this is good. A lot of those movements that went and failed were driven by white people. And I hear what I hear implicitly in what you're saying is that it was for the good. Mm-hmm. Some people, and I, and I think this is where I have a big tension, you know, is like some of that white power drove those movements. Oh, yeah. Are you ready to say, are we ready to say that was 
good or was that the evil part? And how do we go back and reconcile that? And how do we move forward? Well, I think two things, and this is the first answer people are not going to like and they'll get mad at me, but it's fine. What we meant for evil, which it was evil, I think, because what happened in American society over the last 75 years when it comes to Christians is that we married with power and then we just, and we went back to the, not the crusades, we went back to the colonization and we just started colonizing. Mm-hmm. But God meant for good. There are there are ways that God has used that. But that's not the reason to do that it. It doesn't make it okay no, at he, all. He's just yeah. he has redeemed that process I, in many ways. But many people have suffered under it. And I think as Christians, we in America we need to pull in a little bit and and begin to think about what it means to walk with Jesus in a way that's humble. In a way that is not exercising of our power, um, and is willing to sacrifice much of what we have for others who are weaker, and not demand that they even be accountable for how they use our power, what we give away to them, our money, right? Our, our, our... this this brings up an interesting thing that happened recently, where. Um, a historically black college asked one of the large denominations, the Southern Baptists, to give them a lot of money um, because, as a reparation. And this gets into the whole, you know, what do we do? And this is confusing stuff, I think, is they said you – know, what they were saying, and, and the this denomination said, but you teach things that theologically we don't agree with. And so we can't fund you. And then they they came back and said, you must fund us because of what you did. Um, and so that would be giving away money, right, without control. Yeah. Wow. That's sticky stuff. Is it? I mean, would you, if, if, would you do it? Well, it's certain, unfortunately, it certainly depends on... If you're saying you guys teach a theology, maybe that it's more liberation oriented, or it's if you're going and choosing to go against the doctrines, the I early think that's, doctrines of the church. And I you think want that's what a more heretical. I think that's on Jesus. I think that's where this. I think that's what's that going on. Make it with harder. Yeah, sure. and I believe that is the case. It's not just like subtleties; it's major differences yeah right i don't know well and that's that's the thing i i do think systems have to we reparations can't be given to individuals but the system needs reparations we we as we i don't even know what that looks like yeah i was gonna say like because this isn't individual people asking for the reparation this is a a, system a system asking for it yeah 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 it's it's a well, I think we have to do some uncomfortable things. I think it doesn't mean you give away all your principles. But what's the what's also I I didn't I haven't read it, but or looked at why they're asking. But what's the? I'm sure they've. It's not more than you've done us wrong, and so we need money. There's a list of of things that historically the Southern Baptist, as an organization, has done to this particular college that they're saying, hey, we need to be. I assume there's a list. There's got to be a list. And it'd be interesting to know what those are. 
right? Because at some level, maybe because of how they were treated, they are in the place that they are now. Like, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. That's you're right, though. I mean, I think it's a gosh, that's hard. Yeah. Well, on that uh, note of clarity, but, uh, well, let me. But no, think about it this way. But if somebody let's let's t- get away from race. If somebody, just any old person who's needy, needs some some money, they need to borrow your car, or they need a car, and they live a lifestyle that's not bad, but not one you agree with. But the difference but here need is, their, but need your car, but, or they need their mortgage payment paid. But the difference here here is that. It would. This would be the scenario. A person, let's say, if let's a close family member of yeah. yours, who you mistreated, mm-hmm. right? I guess it better. Okay, so and close you, family member we mistreated, and you, yeah, you you denied them basic human rights, yeah, and so on and so forth. Wouldn't invite them to Thanksgiving, talk bad about them, and then they are practicing things that you don't agree with. Now, the question is, did you cause let's, that because of how well, you treated let's, them? Let's and, and you don't know. They're, they're, they're a practicing witch. Sure. But that's not why I mistreated them. This is just where they're at now. Right. And they I come and, them and, I'm a jerk. And in the case of the college, they're not saying, pay my mortgage. They're saying, pay me to train more witches. Right. That, that's complicated. Well, maybe it's better what they're saying is that's it's that's actually not. I don't like that scenario because yeah. witch versus a different version of theology is that's. I don't. I don't well, like. Well, but train me. But but here's the thing. Let's just even forget that. Like you know, and the person's asking you to cover their mortgage because they've hit hard times, and you know they've given a lot of their money to this other group that you don't agree with. Yeah, but this is a school saying fund the education that we right. provide. So it is more specific. It's not it's not pay for housing for some folks. It's fund the educating. It's right. Well, this is hard stuff. Well, and I agree and I think you know, I mean and I think it's probably best worked out face to face, person to person. Sure. Messy. Messy, messy. I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. It is the- really in messy. theory. It's it'd be very different for I mean, people who had really been on the journey to be in the room to talk about the right. nuances of all this but and to really listen to each other back and forth. But yeah. I think I think at some level, can we really hold the money back? Because if I, just because you've changed and are doing things that I don't agree with, if I've done something to you, I, I have to pay for what I did. This is a past thing. Just because it might help something now that I disagree with, if I can agree that I made choices to hurt you, there should be reparations for just the pain. That money is not mine anymore. If you want to use it for education, that's your choice. I have to pay for what we did or the institution. So the institution, that's sort of the let go of the control is we're not giving you money so that you can educate. You may use that money that way. That's fine. But we're giving you money to pay for what we did. So ex-members of the village who have don't like what happened here could come if and it, ask for money. Hey, if, if it were that kind of thing, yes. What if in their perception it was? Well, but here's the thing. And who decides? You with the power? What It's that kind of thing? Who decides? Well, I think it's pretty – I mean, well, when it becomes over – archingly obvious 
Like, are these obvious claims, or are these just, hey, we're... In whose mind? The ones with power, the the leaders of this church, the... No, and the actual people who are making the claim, or is it... There's a difference between being a somebody who's trying to just grab money out of you because you have money, and a person who has legitimate concerns. And, and that, who decides... Well, do they funny. decide that they're legitimate or not? Well, or who decides that? I'm I'm saying this is the stickiness of it. Like, well, but I think some of it is obvious. I mean, we're talking about institution. If you can document how things happened, right? These are not like, yeah, yesterday you didn't look at me, and that's going to cost you five bucks, right? I mean, there there's some. <laughs> we can say it's sticky, but I mean, I think it's sticky. Here's the thing. You just set a level, like an agreed-on level of like it's. There's things that are obviously true and not true. Somebody comes here and they say the things that you taught here at the village destroyed my marriage. Like the way that you you told us to do X, Y, and Z, and we tried those, and it destroyed everything. And I lost my my family and my kids, and and so it cost me this much and all these fees plus all the damages that i felt within my soul and give me a million dollars yeah and i'd say well i don't have a million dollars so that's going to be a problem well they say that you can pay it off in chunks <laughs> 500 a month 500 a month sure I don't know why You not. would do that. No. Really? Just sure. <laughs> there you go. Anybody who has a problem with my teaching. Because holy uh, cow, they'll they'll come they out of the go. woodwork. All right. Well that's that's a great is a great time. But let's let's make it a little bit more like what is probably going on. Um you not only taught me things that were damaging, but you personally had an agenda to destroy me, and here is the steps you took to do that. And that is a nuance, the, the purposefulness. But then it Does still the, is who well, decides it was purposeful. Well, right? okay, so it's cause, it's over cause, and over again, African Americans from this college make proposals on the floor that are denied every yeah. single time. At some point you say that's a pattern. Yeah. No, I, I know. I so agree. So those things. We're talking about it, – it's not – if and I'm not arguing against – I am I am not – I just want to be clear, not arguing to say anything about like, hey, this – these wrongs weren't done. I'm just saying the, the way to move forward is – it's it's Well, it's and that's hard. the thing so that's hard. It's well, confusing. And, and I think people from the other, uh, other angle would be saying it's not up to us. We had the power. At some level, we have to be trampled on like others were. And taken advantage of and used. And it's not our right to say, is this the best use of our money any longer? Hmm. I mean. Oh, that makes us very uncomfortable and terrible. And, and I'm, and I'm, and what I'm, I'm pushing back on is like theoretically, okay, but like I'm just, I'm just going, art. like if, if you were really pressed on this, and you were in this situation, would you do it? And I'm I'm asking that question of myself. Sure. You know, like that's it's one thing to say when we're talking about the Southern Baptists who we consider this big behemoth uh denomination that we don't really understand and they have coffers and we can look at them and go, ah, you should do it. Well, I don't know if they can pour out that kind of money. 
I, I don't know. I have I, no clue. I don't. I don't I know mean, the details. I don't even know that. De- I'm going to go research this now because I've never even heard this. Yeah, they're the biggest denomination in the country. I right. mean, which also puts a. I mean, makes them a, a target. Sure. Like so, they they have to wrestle with that. Like sure. Yep. Yep. And that means that as an institution, they have to set up a system to handle those things and to honor those voices and to not write them off because and, they disagree with them. And we don't know in which ways they are honoring and right. what lies behind them saying no when they've said no and yes when they've said yes. Yeah. And, yep. Hey. Well, well, hopefully we poked people well enough. To- uh, bears were poked. Good. Um, again, <laughs> with our premise, in case anybody doesn't know, we didn't plan this. We're just, this is uh, pastors talking over some coffee. And, and we're uh, and we're and we're a mess and we're trying to trying to learn how to follow Jesus. So yes. thanks for sitting with us for breakfast. Thank you. And uh, we will uh, follow up on this with a little more of the missions medical uh, piece with uh, Dr. James. Probably Gale. much more interesting than this. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>